Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. This podcast is graphic and deals with mature subject matter. You're listening to True Crime Chronicles. There's certain things that people do that when they exist on this earth and she has vanished from earth. We love you. We're praying for you. We will never forget, ever. I know there's been some uh, bad incidences over in Nelson County and they've had a rough couple, three years. Uh, We ask them not to lose faith in us and let us do our job and let things play out and uh, not get the rumor mill started. This week on True Crime Chronicles, we are looking at a case in Bardstown, Kentucky, actually a series of unsolved cases that we are covering on a new podcast set to launch this week, actually, Wednesday, August 28th. And I'm joined by investigative journalist and my co-host, Jessica Knoll. Jessica, this is a case that you have had a lot of history with, right? Right. Well, so I started covering at least one of these cases back in 2013 when it happened, um, the ambush of Bardstown officer, police officer, Jason Ellis. Well, Jessica, we're also joined by the host of our new podcast, WHAS investigative reporter, Shay McAllister. Shay works out of Louisville, Kentucky, very close to the town of Bardstown. Shay, thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. I'm really excited for the podcast. And so tell us about your experience, maybe uh, with with this series of cases in Bardstown. Uh, Jessica was there early on when the first case happened, and we'll get into that. And then you have had experience covering some of the other cases. Jessica and I are the perfect team for this because she covered the first of these cases, and I moved to Kentucky several years later and covered the last two. Yeah, so and they really are alarming stories. They are all unsolved. Let's set the stage a little bit. Jessica, do you want to describe Bardstown? So Bardstown, Kentucky is just kind of the quintessential small-town America. Um, in fact, it has been named the most beautiful small town in America. And I think Shay can agree. I mean, it really is a beautiful town, uh, a beautiful downtown, um, and it's a country setting, rolling hills. Um, and then it's just this juxtaposition of this beautiful, um, steeped, rich in history, um, small town that has some really dark things happening there. And it's also the bourbon capital of the world. Jason Ellis is the first case we cover. And he was a police officer driving home late at night in 2013. He was ambushed. There was a pile of brush in the road. He was ambushed, shot, and killed. Jessica, can you talk a little bit about sort of the aftermath of that and what investigators were able to find or not able to find? On May 25th, uh, 2013, Bardstown officer Jason Ellis had just signed off from work. It was about 2 a.m. and he was on his way home. When he took the exit, exit 34, to go home, there was a pile of debris in the middle of the road. Um, And as any police officer would, he pulled his cruiser across the exit um, and got out to remove the debris so that it wouldn't be hazardous for any other drivers coming through. And when he got out to pick up the debris, 
um, he was ambushed and killed, shot with a shotgun. Investigators do know that. Um, 12-gauge shotgun. And most likely another gauge as well. Um, investigators have not shared a ton of details as far as evidence goes. You know, in the Bardstown podcast, we talked to his chief at the time, Rick McCubbin, who's now chief in a neighboring city. And he doesn't know much more than I think we do or the public knows um, about what happened or who did this. Um, there's been speculation that it could be more than one shooter. It was definitely a methodical and well-laid-out plan. Um, possibly someone knew he was coming home at that time because it was his normal shift um, and were lying in wait, essentially, for him to get off the exit. It is believed that he was the target for this, um, and it it's not clear if he specifically was the target or if a police officer was the target, but knowing that that was his route home every night after his shift, um, it would seem most likely that he was the actual target. It's just hard to process knowing that there's somebody out there who intentionally did this to not only Jason or to Amy or the boys or to our mom or to us, to a community, but they're still out there living their life like it's nothing. The case has gone unsolved, as you say, and Jason left behind his wife, Amy, his two young boys, a police family, and a community mourning. It means so much to me that there are so many people that still remember, you know, the amazing man he was and the, the, the legacy that he left behind and that he was more than an officer and that he loved life and he had an infectious personality and he was a life of the party. This is the most difficult thing about retiring, uh, you know, obviously saying goodbye to all the great officers here, but um, but knowing that I'm going to retire out when, you know, with an unsolved murder of our officer, um, it, it's, it's, you know, not on my watch kind of thing. 139 Adam is out of service. He's gone home. Maybe rest in peace. And then almost a year later, Another tragedy happened in Bardstown. It wasn't related to Jason Ellis. It wasn't related to the police department, as far as anyone knows or can tell. Shay, you want to talk about the Netherlands? About a year after Jason is murdered, there is another horrific murder in Bardstown. And this one is hard to listen to. I mean, they all are. But this is Kathy Netherland and her 16-year-old daughter, Samantha. They are a mother and daughter at home. When someone, police say, breaks into their house and brutally kills them. And we're talking about their throats were slashed, they were covered in blood, and it was a horrific scene. The way that police found them is when Kathy did not show up to her job at work. She was a school teacher, and she didn't show up. And this one was really difficult for the community just because they were so loved they were volunteers. They worked closely at the animal shelter. And nobody could really find out or nobody could really think of any reason that anyone would want to hurt them. When you pray for them, please pray and say a prayer that someone will have the courage and strength to come forward and shed light on this terrible crime. 
I hope no other family ever has to stand outside their loved one's house, knowing that their sister and their niece are lying dead inside, just steps away, but completely unreachable. Whoever killed Samantha was only slightly less cruel to her mother, Kathy. As parents, we pray that Kathy died first and died quickly so she didn't have to witness the vicious death her child suffered. Jessica, this one had the clue of maybe a vehicle that was seen in the area. That car was never found. Right. So there was a black car, uh, a black Impala, um, that was seen on surveillance video uh, from a nearby business that was seen leaving that area around the time that police believed that the mother and daughter were murdered. And so that was the biggest clue, the biggest piece of evidence that um, investigators put out there, the Kentucky State Police who are investigating this, looking for that car um, to see if this is a suspect um, or someone who saw something that may have happened that night. Um but here we are five years later, and they have never found that car. And I might also point out that it is a very popular car, according to KSP, for that area, for that county and that part of Kentucky. So um, they have looked at many, many cars um, and owners and have not found the one who was driving that car that particular night. You know, the the, the, the misery that... The, the killer or killer's cause, um, you know, is is profound. And if someone could understand that coming forward would, would just give so much relief as well as justify Kathy and Samantha's passing to some degree, um, you know, it, 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 we, there's nothing we wouldn't do. There's nothing we wouldn't give, you know, to, to know what happened and to have answers. How do you think you finally will solve this case? Are you waiting for one person to come forward, a sighting of that car? I, I don't want to speculate on, I mean, obviously good old-fashioned police work, but we need someone to come forward. Somebody knows something as the family stated. We need to talk to that person. So again, just to sort of set the stage, you've got this beautiful small town in Kentucky. You now have a police officer ambushed and murdered in the middle of the night. You have a special education teacher and her teenage daughter uh, that everyone says were, you know, pillars of the community, good people, and absolutely no one is a suspect at this point. And then Crystal Rogers. The search for a missing mother in Bardstown continues, and now that story is getting national attention with tips Pouring in. Crystal Rogers disappeared 10 days ago. Her boyfriend, the last person to see her. 35 year old Crystal Rogers was last seen by her living boyfriend and father of her two year old son, Brooks Houck, on Friday, July 3rd. Crystal Rogers went missing in July of 2015. Her mom, Sherry Ballard, had gotten a call from Crystal's daughter. Her daughter was saying that she couldn't get a hold of her mom. And Sherry, Crystal's mom, said, okay, no problem. Let's make some phone calls and see where she is. Well, no one could get a hold of Crystal, and people started to get worried. Family members were out looking for her. They were filing a missing persons report at the sheriff's office. Um, there was no answers. The last person who she was known to be with was her former boyfriend, Brooks Houck, and he also said he didn't know where she was. I'm 100% completely innocent in this. I want the emphasis 
to remain on Crystal's safe return. A short time later, Crystal's father, Tommy Ballard, found Crystal's car on the side of the Bluegrass Parkway. Her purse, her phone, and her keys were all inside, but there was no signs of Crystal. And they searched that area for weeks, day in and day out. They searched nearby water. They searched the land. They walked arm in arm looking for any sign of Crystal, and they could not find anything. The reward is up to 71000 We want somebody to bring her home safe to us. I just want to find her bring her home. So that was four years ago. And still to this day, they have done hundreds of searches. They have never found any sign of Crystal. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. There is a connective thread in these cases. None of them to this day have been officially connected, but we can tell you in terms of the people involved, you mentioned Brooks Houck, who was the boyfriend of Crystal Rogers. Brooks has a brother. His name is Nick Houck. He worked with the police officer Jason Ellis, who was gunned down. Jessica, can you explain what happened when Brooks Houck was brought in after his girlfriend went missing and there was a phone call that, that came into Brooks, right? While Brooks Houck was being interviewed by police about the disappearance of Crystal Rogers, he gets a phone call during this questioning. Um, and it's his brother, Nick Houck, who is a Bardstown police officer at that time. And he essentially tells him, stop talking, don't talk to them. And so that kind of raised some red flags. And eventually Nick is fired from the police force. The mayor cited the reasons for the termination include a phone call he made to his brother warning him about an interview the sheriff's department planned to conduct. He also failed a polygraph exam and then refused to cooperate for an interview with the Nelson County Sheriff's Department. Sheriff Mattingly says he's not worthy of being a police officer. He then made it very clear that he believes Rogers is dead. So you have Brooks Howick, who's being questioned about his girlfriend's disappearance. His brother, a police officer at the time, calls him and tells him to stop talking. I mean, that's certainly odd, it seems, and especially if you're his boss and he's calling in to stop an official police investigation or at least sort of it seems slow it down, right? Right, and his boss, Chief McCubbin, um, you know, was giving him the opportunity to go search for Crystal at this time when all the other family members were out searching. You know, this is his brother's um, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, however it was at that time. But also, it would be the mother of his nephew. And he had no desire, according to McCubbin, to go out and search for her. And so Chief McCubbin thought that that was pretty odd as well. And so that leads to some questions by McCubbin about Nick. Brooks Houck has been named 
as a suspect. He has never been arrested. Is that right? He has been named by the Nelson County Sheriff's Office as the prime suspect in her disappearance, but he has not been arrested for anything in connection to her disappearance. Sheriff's Department says that they still do not have enough evidence to make an arrest in the case, but the sheriff has eight pages of, quote, circumstances leading him to believe Brooks Houck is responsible for Roger's disappearance and for what may have happened to her. He's had no emotion. It's like nothing's changed to him, and to us, our whole world has changed. I can't understand how you live with the mother of your baby for three and a half years, and you don't report her missing. A little more than a year after Crystal Rogers disappears, Tommy Ballard is killed. Shay, can you tell us what happened? Yeah, Tommy Ballard was Crystal Rogers' father and the leader of the Ballard family. He adored his grandkids. He really, truly was so in love with his high school sweetheart, Sherry, the mom of the family. And he wanted nothing more than to find out what happened to his daughter. He was out hunting early one morning with his grandson, Crystal's son, on family property. And he was waiting for his son, Crystal's brother, to come and meet him. This was right before Thanksgiving. And it was something that they did often. Early that morning, this trip took a horrific turn. Um, The grandson was on his way back to the truck for something, and he heard a gunshot, and when he turned around, he saw Tommy falling to the ground. Of course, he called Sherry, Tommy's wife, and she rushed to the scene. They called 911. Immediately, Kentucky State Police took over this case just because of how closely connected he is to Crystal. And news spread fast. This was, I think that this was the case that made everyone stop and say, what is going on? Kentucky State Police say Tommy Ballard was shot and killed here on this property along Ed Brent Road, just behind the Bluegrass Parkway around 8 o'clock this morning. The agency is only calling this a death investigation right now. KSP says to classify it as anything else would be irresponsible at this point. Since early this morning, dozens and dozens of cars have lined the property, many of them with stickers asking for information about Crystal Rogers' disappearance. KSP tells us right now there is just no evidence to suggest Ballard death is connected to that. We've heard from many people today who say they have a very hard time believing this could be an accident. KSP is asking for the community's support and urges everyone to keep praying for the Ballard family during this unimaginably difficult time. Shay, in the podcast that you host for us, Bardstown, there's actually audio you hear with Tommy Ballard, with her father, who is now gone. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I want to have closure, but I'd rather find her alive. But, you know, I don't think it's going to turn out that way, but it's hard. Yeah, we went on dozens of searches with Tommy. We interviewed him in his home. We were with him on site when they thought that they were getting close to finding Crystal. And it's so unique because it's not often that you hear from a victim before they become a victim. So in the podcast, you get to know Tommy and who he was and who he loved because we actually hear from him. 
You think about these five victims over a period of four years, the ripple effect upon families, friends, and an overall community. Shay and Jessica, you've both been back to Bardstown to cover these cases for us recently for our new podcast. Jessica, what was it like being back in Bardstown and covering these cases again? It was one of those things where, you know, the first of this started six years ago, and it's almost like when you drive into town, nothing has changed. Um, But so much has changed since the first time I was there. You know, there were four other uh, crimes that happened. Um, And then you start talking to people and you realize other than these other horrible crimes that have happened, nothing has changed. There's no resolution. There's no um, end result. There's no person behind bars. And for me, driving into Bardstown, especially driving past exit 34, um, where Jason was killed, you know, it just sends shivers up my spine every time I drive past it because it's such a haunting place to know that's where he last was and that something really, really bad happened there. We can certainly paint the picture of this town as one that's overshadowed by these crimes. But Shay, living and working in Kentucky and Louisville and then going to Bardstown to cover these cases, for a lot of people, it's home and it's where they wake up and go to work. It's where their kids go to school. And we don't want to lose sight of that in the process of telling the story here. Well, Bardstown really is home to so many people. And people love that town Even when I go down there, um, it feels like home. It has this weird, suspenseful feeling because we know what happened there. But generations and generations stay there. They live there. They work there. And even some of the families of these victims say they're not leaving. This is their home. They're proud of their home. Of course, they don't like what's happened, but they're not leaving because this is where they're from and where they'll stay. And people really do love it. But it's not an understatement, Shay, to say that people have been really troubled by this string of cases that that are unsolved, right? Right. And you can see that as soon as you drive into Bardstown. There are signs on street corners posted at the edges of neighborhoods all over the town that give you little hints of this darker thing happening. And until you start talking to people, you might not know exactly what it is. If you're just visiting, but if you live there, you are very aware. And a lot of people are scared because there are these unsolved cases of people that they know and love, and they feel like there's nothing being done. Jessica, you and Shay have both talked numerous times to police investigators. You've been back there time and again. Obviously, families want answers. There are people in Bardstown who feel like these cases will be solved your personal opinion after talking to police, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be resolution? I know there's new evidence coming in on some of these cases, maybe all of them. I know that the, you know, in talking to Nelson County Sheriff, um, he's actually brought on what he calls the A-team to investigate Crystal's disappearance and the fact that they've already announced a prime suspect in Brooks Houck. Um, there definitely could be a resolution I don't know how many of these cases are going to be solved. I mean, we're going on six years for Jason Ellis's case. And one of the the things that, you know, as Shay and I know, um, looking into cold cases as we have, 
um, one of the biggest things, and you'll hear this in the podcast from investigators, is it's going to take someone to talk because whatever evidence that they do have at this point is the evidence that they have. The newest evidence is going to be someone talking, someone giving that tip or that new lead that is going to lead them to an answer that they don't already have. So there are rewards out for each of these cases, and that has not um, pushed anyone to come forward. So it's going to take something else for someone to talk. We're hoping it won't go in another year. We'll find out where Crystal is and who murdered our son, Tommy. There's 16 or 17 unsolved murders in Nelson County, and Tommy was the last one. Miracles do happen, and we have to always leave that little space open that that miracle may happen one day. If you have any information on any of these cases, you can call Kentucky State Police or the Nelson County Sheriff's Department in Kentucky. All right, Jessica, well, we will be back next week with another story, another case, but thanks for talking about Bardstown this week. Shay, thank you for talking to us as well. Thank you. And you can hear Bardstown, new podcast from Vault Studios, wherever you listen to podcasts. True Crime Chronicles is a Vault Studios production. You can tell your friends to listen, subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all major listening apps. You can find Vault Studios on Twitter, Instagram, and check out our Facebook group, Gone Cold, where we discuss this and other cases. 